0: The most exclusive travel experiences on the planet. The most celebrated icons in fashion, music, food, and the arts. Welcome to the Tully Luxury Travel Podcast. I think travel
1: opens up the doors to so many different things for us. It's such a force for good. It brings people together. It educates us. It inspires us.
0: Presented by luxury travel expert and the founder of Tully Luxury Travel, Mary Jean Tully, We're gonna take you on a journey to the most exclusive travel experiences on the planet. From candlelit dinners in the shadow of world wonders to starlit camps in the heart of the African bush.
1: We had lunch on the Great Wall of China where nobody else was around. And that was just something that was just so momentous. I've done the same thing in Petra going there with music and lit up with candles it's a real experience a very unique experience that is just different from the norm
0: this is what travel dreams are made of this is the tully luxury travel podcast
1: luxury can take on so many forms but here at tully luxury travel one thing is always true luxury is always defined by you And Kate, welcome to Tell the Luxury Travel Podcast. First of all, before any of the podcast, I just want to tell you how great it is to meet you. I've been following you and I think what you do for travel and awareness and creating just this wonderful, wonderful response on women and and how women can if you follow your dreams and to see somebody every day that loves their job like you do i mean i follow you on instagram and tiktok and you amaze me
2: thank you so much and first of all it's a pleasure to be speaking with you
1: today as well and what you do for the travel industry so i wanted to say thank you right off the bat oh well thank you again so what i'd like to find out is you know When I brought up about you, but I'd like other of our listeners to hear this. You moved around a lot as a child. Okay, San Francisco, Georgia, Michigan, London. Um, What influence did that have on you?
2: Well, my dad was building power plants for a company called Bechtel. And um, so I think being able to adapt uh, to changing environments was one of the things that I really found that I thrived in. Um, And, you know, every place that we went, there was something there that, um, you know, a new discovery that kind of instills a bit of wanderlust when you don't even understand at that point in your life because you're you're so young, what wanderlust is. Mm -hmm. But the actual feeling of I need to travel and see the world happened, I can remember the exact moment when I was 12 years old and that's because my parents took my brother and me on a cruise, and it was only four days. It was um, a four-day cruise to the Bahamas over Thanksgiving, and I remember just spending all of my time with the cruise staff, meeting new friends, in such a short period of time, and the romanticism of being at sea. So when we got off the ship and were packing the car to drive home, I said to my dad, I know exactly what I want to be when I grow up. And he said, what's that? I said, do you know the person that plants all these fun events on board the ship? My dad said, the cruise director? I said, yeah, I want to be the cruise director. And my dad said, you can do anything you want in the world, including drive the thing. And that's <laughs> where that seed was planted. Um, and and I always keep that in mind, especially when I'm talking to kids, because how impressionable I was at 12 years old. Um, and that that moment of going on the cruise, that short conversation with my dad. Um, it's something I'm very mindful when I'm talking to youth.
1: Well, it's, it's, it's evident that uh, you're a people person. Like, were you always, as a kid, were you always one that would just go in and talk to everybody?
2: You know what's really funny? At work, I'm a people person. When I go home on vacation, I could be the most introverted person you've ever met. It's, it's very bizarre. It's kind of being in this environment around people that are here to have... A fun time to have an enjoyable vacation. It brings something out in you. And then when I go home and it's just day to day life, it's a very different feeling. So that's why one of the reasons I prefer to be on the ship Mm -hmm. working Mm -hmm. rather than on vacation. And that was an evolution. You know, there's a certain part of your career where you flip from looking forward to going on vacation to now you're looking forward to come back to work because. The idea is, I mean, I'm in the safest, healthiest, happiest place in my mind on earth. It's like a yes. bubble. Absolutely it is. And uh, the real world is a scary place, but here on board the ship, you know, surrounded by people that are here to have a good time, mm-hmm. um, the positivity and the amazing people that we have. And I'm talking about our guests, but especially our crew. Mm-hmm. Um, and you you travel the world even before you get off the ship because you're surrounded by 75 Absolutely. different nationalities. Yes. I mean, where else can you find that under one roof? It's no, really I incredible.
1: I, I mean, I had the really hard time when COVID hit because mm. all of a sudden we couldn't connect. I mean, Zoom is one thing, but that's not the same thing. And all of a sudden it was like we were just dealing with people that were disappointed, you know, cancellations, moving business. What happened to the cruise industry just broke my heart. It was so unwarranted for how it was handled you know everything so i found myself being very overwhelmed and at night i didn't even want to talk mm-hmm. because all day long that's what i was doing was building up our staff building up everybody and all of us lost that because a big piece of our life is travel and at least i don't would, I would want to say at least but you know you were on the ship you still were keeping keeping it going in with the crew we were all isolated yeah and you realized then how much travel pays such an important part in our lives. Absolutely. And, you know, I always say it's the different cultures, it's the different personalities, and you grow as a human being. And, you know, it's funny because when you said about your parents going away, my um, moment was we had a neighbor that was two doors down, and she was a flight attendant, Mm -hmm. and I was 12. And she was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen in the world. And she drove this little red convertible with black interior. And I'd see her go to work. And she's like, I'm going to Paris. I'm going to London. And I wanted to be her. Everything about her I wanted to be. So that's when I just decided my, my bedroom, forget all the, the rock stars and the, the pretty models. I put all travel posters in my room. And that's when I knew from a very young age. And once the travel bug bites you, can you imagine yourself doing anything else? Absolutely not. No. No, and I can't imagine myself being grounded anywhere.
2: Um, you know, when we were out of service during the lockdown, the eighteen months that uh, we did the voluntary shutdown, we were at anchor off of the Bahamas, surrounded by many other company ships. And um, I remember somebody said, "Isn't isn't it sad when you look out and you see these empty ships?" And for us, it it actually had a different feel. Um, To me, it was comforting to know one, we weren't alone, Mm. but two, it was such a unique opportunity to get to know our crew on a very different level, sure, and the ships themselves. So I look at this pause that we've had um, as a really great opportunity to understand one the product that we're delivering to our guests because our crew got to experience that. I mean, they were staying in the guest staterooms. You know, we we had to go through what was in the freezers, and we're talking lobster yeah, and yeah. t-bones <laughs> and tomahawk steaks. So uh, a very different experience, but we came acro- we came away from it with such an appreciation from both perspectives, both working on board yes. and what our guests
1: come here to experience. And that's the most important thing. You know, it's funny. I always say I am the client, mm-hmm. the good, the bad, and the ugly. I change my mind. Don't assume. I wait until the last minute, but I know what I like and I want to be enriched, but I want to relax. And you know, it's funny. Our, our We're called Tully Luxury Travel, but luxury defined by you. So luxury defined by you could be laying on a beach. Mm-hmm. It could be a staycation, for me, sometimes it put an airplane mode on my, my phone right. and just hanging out or reading a book. It could be on a cruise. And I think that COVID gave us that opportunity to kind of sit back and realize our priorities. And what a great thing for you to, to turn a negative into a positive like that. And you were very lucky you got to do that. Yes. Now tell me, you went, you attended California Maritime Academy. Mm -hmm. What did you study and what experience did you take away from that?
2: Well, my major was business administration and California Maritime Academy is part of the Cal State University system, regular four-year university. The difference is every summer we would go on training cruises and that's where you got the hands-on practical and you figured out pretty quick if going to sea was something that was for you. Um, When I showed up for school though, I did not know bow from stern, port from starboard. Everything was was new because um, I grew up on land. I I didn't really have seafaring um, in my blood, and um, it was honestly the best four years of my life because I was in um, a really unique environment. I was one of eight women in my graduating That's really class. Gonna ask you. Yeah, so I I didn't think about being a woman in that environment there, and then coming into the cruise industry where we have so much diversity. We, um, you know, have every race, religion, cultural background, sexual orientation, gender represented on board our ships. And because we're so diverse, again, no one brought up the fact that I'm a woman. And it wasn't until I was promoted to captain, which I had always set this goal for myself to be the first female American captain. That was something that I had put Mm -hmm. in my brain as kind of a goal. I did not think anyone else would care about that. But being promoted to captain, the external spotlight that was put on that was honestly overwhelming. And it got to a point where I was coming into celebrity cruises from our sister brand, Royal Caribbean. I was joining a new company, a new ship, surrounded by new people doing a job I had never done before because I was being promoted into captain. And it was scary, to say the least. I'm sure. But then with this external spotlight, it made it even more terrifying. And so initially I said, could I step away from the interviews? Could I um, just focus on doing my job and doing my job well? Because that's what I wanted to do. But what I found is when I stepped away, I was being asked the same questions that I was getting in interviews by our guests and our crew. And that's when I realized I'd been given a platform to really normalize a woman in this position so that the women that I have coming up through the ranks, and I have so many, my bridge team on Celebrity Beyond is 70% female. Our company went from 2% female to over 32% in four years uh, because of conscious efforts to put well-deserving officers into positions. But I I use social media as a huge way to reach people. My tagline is, if you can see it, you can be it. Because growing up, the only thing I saw about uh, cruise ships was the love boat. And as much as I love Captain Steubing yes. uh, and, and Julie and, and Doc, um, Doc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, the actual depiction of cruise ships and not necessarily what we see on a day-to-day basis. So that's why it's it's really important to put that out there on social media because that's how you're reaching um, youth and pretty much everyone nowadays. Well,
1: and especially when you look at social media like, you know, Instagram, TikTok, it's inspiring. Now, what was your, to become a captain? I mean, that's such an i mean you're you're the head of this which by the way here on celebrity beyond i'm blown away i mean seriously blown away we're very proud of her oh i can see why you know it's funny because like i said i was very hesitant about coming on a ship with so many people did that for so many years you know the royal caribbean the ncl the princess then i moved on to like your sister company you know silver sea you know those kinds of things but you have got everything down to a science. The crew is outstanding. Everything is cohesive on board. Um, But the joy that you see on people's faces, but your crew are so friendly, like so accommodating. And, you know, hats off to you on that and your team, because you know, it, it starts at the top, you know, and you're just so vivacious. And I think your the fact that you are a woman, the fact that you followed your passion and you're a young woman, shows that you can really do anything if you want.
2: Lately, as long as, you know, my when my dad said I can do anything I want in the world, it was with, um, the sideline that you you're going to need to put in the work you know there it's it's not a sprint it's definitely a marathon it took me 19 years to be promoted to captain so um you know especially these days when instant gratification is a thing um you know stressing that anything worth having Mm -hmm. is worth working towards and you've got to put in that effort so um it's one of the things that i like to put out there as well. No, did you have any mentors in this industry, like in the cruise industry that... Well, with Royal Caribbean, Royal Caribbean, our sister brand, they had the very first female captain, and that was Captain Karen from Sweden. Uh, 2006, she was promoted. And, um, you know, we're talking a decade before I was promoted. And I remember the first time that I met her, it was at um, it was the time that I met our president and CEO, Lisa Lutoff-Perlo mm-hmm. at a captain's conference. I was the second in command. And because my captain on the ship couldn't attend this conference, I got to go in his place. And I remember seeing Captain Karen um, at the meet and greet prior to this event taking off. And uh, and I walked up to her to introduce myself to her. And before I got to her, she reached out her hand and she said, Captain Kate, hi, I'm Captain Karen. And I said, how do you know my name? And she says, of course I know who you are. That blew my mind. And mm-hmm. I remember calling my mom and going, Captain Karen knows who I am, Mom. Um, I never had the opportunity to work with her. And being um, the first female American captain and not having too many women prior to mm-hmm. to my promotion um, you know one of I think one of the benefits was actually I got to write my own rule book and I took some lessons learned for example when I was promoted to second in command, the staff captain position I was sent to Sweden for psychological evaluation it's not just me it's something that no, we do I, for, I for all of the captains. Completely to make sure you're sound to look after anyone from one person on board to 6,000 plus. And you go through all of this testing. And at the end, a gentleman sat down to go through the results. And he sat me down and he looked at me and he said, you know, everything was perfect, but... And you always kind of recoil a little bit with the but. He said, but I find you tend to smile too much. And I thought, (laughs) okay noted so i went home i told my friends i told my family they said well you didn't need to go to sweden we could have told you that for free you know they were joking but when i was leaving the house to come to celebrity cruises and i was doing familiarization on different ships sure. before i took over the position i remember my husband saying you know note what they said in sweden and you know go be serious you know you'll be taken serious etc., etc." The first two weeks of this familiarization, all I could think about was don't smile, don't smile, don't smile. But when you've wanted something since you were 12 years old. Absolutely. After two weeks, I said, you know what? Sought it, I'm gonna be me. Yes. And honestly, that moment, it was it was groundbreaking because that's when I realized being my authentic self, I'm bringing something to a position that no one has ever been able to do before. Mm-hmm. And this is what I, I say when, I hear girls say, oh, you know, I want to follow in your footsteps. I say, I don't want you to follow in my footsteps. I want you to create your your own own. path. Yes. Because I want you to be you because then you're bringing something to this that no one else has seen. No one else has experienced. And when you're bringing your authentic self, there's no
1: stopping you. And I think always be true to yourself. Um, I'm told that I'm too nice sometimes, that I'm too empathetic. Um, But... I have the first person I ever hired 34 years ago, and the average tenure in my office is 19 plus years. My, How I look at things, as I'm sure you do, number one for me are my employees, number two are my clients, and number three are my suppliers. Because if my employees are happy, that means the clients will be happy, in your case the passengers. Yes. And then the suppliers will be happy because we're booking them like crazy. Exactly. I noticed you like I said when you when you're on Instagram or TikTok, the bracelets, you know the jewelry, and I think one of your cutest accessories though is your cat. Aww. Tell me about your cat. <laughs>
2: Bug naked. So she's a bit of I an Instagram star. Yes, she's a, she is a bit of a diva. She has been sailing with me since she was three months old. And the reason that I got a pet was because when I came into the captain role, after my first contract, um, you know, other captains have their wives and their children sail with them. Sometimes their entire contract. Because my husband also works on ships, I couldn't have him sailing with me. And it can be a bit lonely because sure. you're like the CEO on board. Um, so I asked the office if I could have a pet and they. I said, what would you like? And I said, a monkey. And they said, no, <laughs> absolutely not. What else you got? I said, how about a cat? And I was scrolling through Instagram. I came across hairless cats, sphinx cats. And I thought that is just the most unusual thing I've ever seen. I would love one of those. Um, and she has uh, been sailing with me, yeah, for five and a half years now. And during the lockdown in particular, to have her on board, yes. you know, having family, but we don't call her the emotional support animal, we call her the maneuvering support mammal, because (laughs) when I have an officer who's doing a maneuver for the very first time on board the ship, because our office is linked to the bridge, bridge, she will come out, she senses their anxiety, and I've had officers say that when she comes, she'll sit right next to them. They can feel the anxiety leaving their body. So for that reason, um, I think I've got approval to keep her on for
1: for many, many years to come
2: as the official
1: maneuvering support mammal. Well, as an animal lover, I know how personally, I have a dog and I know personally my dog, there's nothing better when you say you're stressed, when the dog just comes and cuddles and it's like they know these animals. No. Yes. You know, and it's, uh, but I th- just think that's another thing that is just like so cute because I never heard of anybody doing that. Yeah. So now that you're, you're, you're traveling the world, I, I see you with your beautiful dress, sun dresses and your sun hats and your mermaid fins and doing everything else. Where do you go from here? Like, where do you, where do you see yourself? Yeah. You know, the highlight or the, I guess the career
2: highlight was to be able to take a ship out of the shipyard, to be able to give, be given your very own vessel is the highlight career of a career yeah. for the captain. And to be able to do this seven years into being a captain is a huge honor for me. And honestly, I'm just, I'm reveling in this right now. I don't this, blame you. This is my 1.3 billion dollar baby. I'm so proud of her, um, and to be with her from uh, the time that she was in the shipyard and and see her coming into service, and now the inaugural's coming up in November where we Which got I'll to be a name small. her. You yes. and, and Simone Biles. I yes. mean, that's that's all we need, right? <laughs> um, our godmother. Uh, they picked an incredible godmother for this ship, and and I think. Right now, the goal is just to really enjoy this moment, good. this ship, good, and what's going on. Um, what happens in the future, I will see after, you know. Um, but honestly, for Celebrity to give me this privilege of taking out a brand new vessel, um, I'm going to
1: enjoy this for for quite a bit and you of time should, because it's a day to day. Sailing to sailing, how you get to change lives, you get to make a difference for people. Um, Whether it's, like you said, you know, when you go through the psychological thing. I mean, I know so much of my day um, is my employees. um, Are they happy? Are they not solving problems, dealing with clients, dealing with this? And you realize that that makes such an impact. And, you know, I don't even think of, you know, I've always said, you know, I always look forward. I don't look behind me because I can't change that. And that's hard to do, right? But... I love what I do now. And if I stayed this way forever, I would be perfectly happy. The only thing I like to do is I like to have a goal of where I'd like to travel to. So when you go on vacation, where do you go? Well,
2: this year, I think I'll be on vacation for about uh, seven weeks. Uh, I will be hitting a Caribbean island and uh, Airbnb-ing it it for uh, for a bit. But I do have a bucket list. And at the top of the bucket list was... um, The Northern Lights, when I turned 40, that was Mm -hmm. the the number one thing. And I I got straight away on that task done. Check that off. And then the next item on my bucket list is the Galapagos. I need to
1: go. You need to go on your ship. Yes, the Flora. It's amazing. You've been on the Flora. I haven't been on, but so many of my staff are and clients. I'm going on it soon. And it looks, everything about it looks amazing. The first purpose-built ship for the Galapagos... Where you can go glamping. That's
2: one yes, of the things that too. kind of under the stars, you know, um, out where nature is, is I mean, that's what you're there to see and um, to be able to experience it in that unique environment. Um, so Galapagos is number one. And then
1: I would love to do a safari as well. Well, girlfriend, you're talking, <laughs> you're, you're, you're after my own heart. I, I will tell you something. If God told me I had one last trip to do, uh-huh. I would go back. Really? And I've done 60. Oh, my gosh. I've been going for years. And I, ironically, I went on a cruise ship. I went on a cruise ship out of Cape Town. And it was like, you can't go all the way to Cape Town and not go on safari. Mm-hmm. I'm not a camper. I've never camped a day in my life. It's not, it's not who I am. Um, I mean, not saying there's anything wrong with it, but it's just not me. But to go, to have the accommodations, to have all the, the creature comforts that you want, but to be sitting there and be surrounded by a herd of elephants... And the babies or sitting there with lions and cubs, and all of a sudden, go home, and you're addicted then to Animal Planet and, and Nat Geo. And if you're an animal lover, and hence I got involved in it. And my one of my greatest, my passion is I save elephants and rhinos, and I got really involved in conservation initiatives. And because you look at from the human wildlife, you know, from the poaching, the hunting, you know, all of this stuff, it just and that's what I'm saying is you and I are in the greatest industry in the world. And it opens your heart to so many things. Mm. When you want to go on a safari, you have to call me. Okay. Because I will guide you. Like, there's no tomorrow in, in where to go, what to do. Um, you would love it. And especially... Like I said, it's a natural thing for the Galapagos. That's why I have to go to the Galapagos next. Have you done Antarctica yet? Um, I've sailed
2: around Ushuaia, but we did not stop. So um, no, that will be, I'm sure that'll
1: be on the list as well. And does your husband love traveling as much as you?
2: Not as much as I do. Uh, In fact, when I saw the Northern Lights, it was because I was scrolling through Instagram and I saw a post about a photography um, kind of gathering. Mm -hmm. And I signed up for this trip and then told my husband, <laughs> and he, he said, why didn't you ask me? And I said, because, you know, I I know you wouldn't have gone. So, um, yeah, <laughs> he, he, it's not as as big of a passion for
1: him, um, but that's okay. I can it okay. by myself as well. I mean, yeah. I'm here with my friend yeah. right now, and, uh, my, you know, my husband's not, although he, lo- he does love to cruise, uh-huh. not as much as I do, though. You know, it's... Um, For me, it's just the joy of cruising, shopping, restaurants, experiencing people. Um, Like I said, being on this ship right now, the only downside, I wish it had another day at sea too, just to enjoy, because it's such a fabulous ship. Every time I'm walking around every corner, there's something new. Now, I don't want to keep you. I know how busy you are. And I know that this is a a loaded question because it could be hard to, to answer. But finally, do you have a favorite or a surprising experience that you encountered I mean, I'm sure you have many, but is there one or two that stand out? Oh, goodness. Um, Well, the number one, um,
2: the best day in the life of a captain that I've ever had was the opportunity to save lives. Uh, And that happened in 2017 when we were headed to Curacao. I was up in the fun factory with the kids. Mm-hmm. I was uh, meeting the kids and we were kind of doing a QA and a when I got a call from the bridge and the officer on watch said that she received a Mayday call on the radio of a sailboat that was taking on water and sinking. Mm. So I went down to the bridge. We didn't have anything on radar. We used radio direction finder to locate this, this sailboat and we put our tender boat in the water with our security, our medical team and our sailors and we picked up six people. <clears throat> Wow. We brought them on board. It was three men, three women that had set sail from Haiti on their way to Guadeloupe. Shortly after they set sail, they lost their keel. And even after that, they lost their sail. So they had been adrift. Um, they had been at sea for a month. In the last six days, they had been without water and food. So they were catching rainwater and any fish that they could catch. The captain of the sailboat said that they had met at 10 o'clock in the morning and decided because the sailboat was taking on water, If help didn't arrive by 2 p.m., they were going to go into the sea because that was their best chance of survival. We came along at 10.45 in the morning. And um, to see the crew come together, they were going to the ATMs to take out cash because these people had left everything on the sailboat and lost everything. Um, In fact, the captain lost the only thing that he had left from his father, which was a a pocket knife, which we were really sad about. But. Because we brought them on board, they were suffering from dehydration and, um, and exhaustion. We put them through medical to make sure that they were okay. And we found out that two of the three women were pregnant. So that oh day, my goodness. we didn't save six people. We Nine. saved eight. Or eight. eight yeah. wow. And um, I actually have, I had two of the life jackets from the sailboat. One. We put in plexiglass and we put it across the hall from my cabin on the Celebrity Summit. So every time I opened my door, that was the first thing that I saw. Every time I went to the bridge, that's the first thing that I saw, um, to remind me that you know we have um, a responsibility, and uh, we also have opportunities to to really do some powerful things in our day to day jobs. And then um, the other one I have framed at home, because uh, that that to date will be. The biggest
1: highlight of my career. Well, I mean, that's amazing. And you know what it is too, is a lot of people just see the romance in it, mm. but you are responsible. How many people? Uh, true? And, and guess 5,303 for Celebrity Beyond. That's amazing.
2: It is. It is. And it can be overwhelming if you think about it all the time, but I have so many amazing people around me that will make sure that I don't fail uh, and I will
1: support them the same way. Well, this has been eye opening and wonderful. And, you know, I said that when I knew that I was going to do the podcast with you, I knew I liked you right away, but I even like you more now. Okay. <laughs> Thank you so much, Kevin. Thank you. K.
0: Thank okay. you. <laughs> Well, that just about wraps up our time here today. If you want to find out more information about luxury travel experiences mentioned in this show or how Tully Luxury Travel can make your travel dreams come true, please go to TullyLuxuryTravel.com. We understand that every client is different. That's why each itinerary we create is unique and handcrafted to your wishes. True luxury for us means using our expert local knowledge to go beyond your expectations and make sure the time you spend with us is the time of your life. That's the Tully promise. That's luxury defined by you. Today's interview was hosted by Mary Jean Tully, the CEO and founder of Tully Luxury Travel and produced by Armchair Productions, the audio experts for the travel industry. I'm Aaron Miller. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.